Hello, lacrosse friends, and welcome once again to Laxbeat, the podcast formerly known as Box Labeat. I am Stephen Stamp, your host, and I am very pleased this week to be welcoming Brian Shanahan as we reach the midway point of the National Lacrosse League season. There are 126 games played in the season, and game number 63 was one that was the fourth game on Saturday night of week 13. So we are now officially past the midway point, and that that is a perfect time to look back at surprises at things that we expected that are going the way we thought they would at a bunch of things. And of course, our mid-season awards. Shani is one of the writers along with me, my colleagues at Inside Lacrosse, IL Indoor specifically, along with Bob Chavez and the three of us all made our votes for our mid-season awards. And Shani and I are gonna go through all of them, break them down for the MVP, the transition player and defender of the year, the goalie of the year, and the top rookie to this point in the season. And it's it's a long and really fun conversation. So we're gonna get right to it. Thanks for being with us here on Laxbeat, part of the Lacrosse Link family. We'll see you right after this little bit of intro music, for which I would like to thank, as I should do probably more often, Scotty Comer and his former band Love You to Death. I asked Scotty once for some music I could use for a theme for the show, and he sent me this banging clip that I've used ever since for Laxbeat and Boxlebeat, and it is, I think, one of the best bits of theme music you'll find. So enjoy the little clip, and then enjoy the conversation with Brian Shanahan here on Laxbeat. <laughs> Joining me on Laxbeat, as promised, is Brian Shanahan, one of the best in the game at analyzing the sport of lacrosse. Great to have you back on the show, Shani. Oh, thanks very much. It's good to be back, Stamper. So we're going to talk about a bunch of things. We're going to talk about some surprises that we've seen this season, some things that are going kind of the way we might have thought, and we're going to maybe touch on the trade deadline. A bulk of our conversation is going to be about the mid-season awards votes that, uh, that we both made along with our colleague Bob Chavez over at IL Indoor. And some of them were, I thought, pretty straightforward. Some of them are really, really hard. We're going to get to that in a minute, but I want to start with surprises and get your take on something, one or two, one thing to start with that's surprising okay, this season. The biggest surprise, and, and you've Please tell me you agree with it. The biggest surprise is is how poorly Saskatchewan has played this year. Would you would you pick the same one, or you got I'm, something else? I'm, for me, it's like the two hands of the scales of justice. I've got Saskatchewan's record being so bad on the one hand, and San Diego's defense being so good on the other. Um, yeah, so yeah. You know what? Uh, I would have said my other surprise is San Diego, and. and you know, I expect San Diego to be pretty good, not as good mm -hmm. as they've been, like not, you know, win six games after their opening loss. But the, my biggest surprise in terms of San Diego is how they managed to survive the injuries, the COVID, like going without, you know, like even Chiliano, I mean, he's a good goalie, but, um, you know, I would have never expected him to like have, have uh, you know, be among the leaders, you know, you know, the top two or three. And I don't think... You know, I don't think they they have a great defensive record because of Chileano. Are they still number one defensively? I, I know they were yeah, up they actually, last look. Yeah, and, and yeah, I mean, going into uh, the weekend, I can tell you they they were the only team that had given up under fewer than nine goals per game. That might have gone just over. I haven't added you know added yeah, up the math. And you know what? But, yeah, it was amazing. I won't. 
I, 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 as good as Shiliano's played, I, I won't give him the credit for that. I won't give it to, I give it to the team. Like, uh, and he's part of the team, obviously, but it's not like they've had a goalie standing on, on, on his head. They've, no. they've had good goaltending, you know, from Shiliano and, and from every guy, who was it? Uh, the guys that backed well, him up. Uh, they had Chris Riglieri going for the one game. Yeah. And, and then and Justin then the next Getty. one was uh, um, Justin Getty. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like to, to go with guys who had, yeah, exactly. And like two guys who had never played a game in the NLL and they both earned wins. That, like that was absolutely huge. But I thought that was a testament to, to the team. And, and then the other thing, oh, which I can't even remember who was in net the game that they won in, uh, I think it was Saskatchewan when uh, they Getty. were missing. That was Getty, but they were also missing a ton of guys. With COVID, yeah. I think that game. Yeah, like seven and, uh, or eight guys from the. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so yeah, that's that's a huge surprise that they survived that spell of games. You know, without their number one goal, it's a surprise to me that that you know Chiliano's uh, or their team record defensively goals against has been as good as it has been. Um, and, and I and I guess you know jumping onto my other surprise that the rush. I didn't think the rush were going to be dominant like they used. They can't be as good as they were for for that long. Like sooner or later, I mean, the yeah. team's getting older. There's been changes of personnel, but I didn't expect them to be two and six. Uh, and yeah. I remember the beginning of the year. I I think I think after their first two losses, because remember they went zero and two, and I rated them low on on my power rankings so i thought i gotta rate them on what they've done so far and they're zero and two like two close games oh and i got some pushback from you know some of the saskatchewan fans like how can you say this how can it and you know a couple months later thinking like it's <laughs> it's it's true look at them crickets Nobody's now from the saskatchewan I, fans yeah. Yeah, 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 but yeah. but you know, I think I had them ranked 12 early on and but even yeah. then i thought yeah they'll move up and i'll move them up yeah. when they start playing their way but they can't uh but i think i just now i think they're just not that good um the only thing that i do think though is is one of their problems was was the goaltending they went with uh a young guy shooter and i'm, I'm not trying to lay the blame on, on him he's you know offensively they weren't scoring enough uh and and you know they they went with a young goalie and i spoke to keenan before the season and, and he was very confident in him but i I don't think he has been great, and I think that's been a difference. But picking up Eric Penny, I think, will be enough to make a lot of those close losses into close wins. Even like you know, last last week the overtime, which was impressive. But I mean, that look at how close they were to being two and seven. But uh, yeah, but uh, I, I will say, like, I, I agree with you a lot. Like, we, I think the crazy thing with Saskatchewan is that you and Bob Chavez and I when we did our preseason predictions, we all had, all three of us had Saskatchewan in first place, um, which I'm thinking that was probably a mistake. Maybe we just overlooked all the changes they went through. And, uh, you know, and for me, the, my big question mark was, I thought, you know, at the right side, they lose Ben McIntosh, but hey, you know, you bring in Lintner and Courier and you've still got Church and, um, you know, you have Austin Murphy, things will be okay. The left side, you've got Matthews and everybody, the defense, a lot of guys still there good players coming in. Um, I thought Marshall Palace would be better than he's been, but my big question as well was the goalie. And now Adam shoot, I know you're saying, you know, he's a young guy. They're going with, he hasn't played a lot, but he's 31. So it's not like he's 31. He's 31 years old. He turns 32 in November. 
So okay. he's not a young guy. He's not. A no, young he's guy. been around. <laughs> but I had the same conversation. <laughs> Sorry about that, Sam. For my dog. Okay. This okay, good enough, buddy. Someone's at the door. He doesn't like. That. Yeah. Okay, Roni. Sorry, Sam. You can edit That's this okay. <laughs> or keep yeah, him maybe. in. He's great I'll, entertainment. I'll leave him in. I'll leave him in. I think yes, exactly. I had uh, um, when I was at my sister's. I had uh, Hunter came into the was on the show a couple of times, and uh, I think it's always fun. Luckily, my dog is so quiet. Like she's not. She just doesn't get riled up. So. Well, so. well, the funny thing we we don't. When someone comes to the door, we don't discourage them from barking because then we don't have to spend all kinds of money on alarm system. <laughs> right? Good boy. Okay, that's enough. Um, what What was the other thing I was going to say? I, I, and you, were, you were mentioning, though, Stamper, how we all had oh, schedule. Oh, yeah, I know what I was going to say. I was I, saying I had on. the same conversation with Derek, I started to say, about, about the bullies. I said, I was like, yeah, I was like, are you going to go get somebody? Or and he said, no, shoot's good. We've had him. He played, you know, a couple of years ago, he played. Um, and he did play uh, well for them. Yeah. You know, I, I remember yeah. He, he played the odd game and, and he played well. His numbers were good. And, and he you went know, five and three. You know. He played almost half a season, yeah. right? When Kirk was hurt in, in 19. And he was, he was good. He had a, I mean, he had a 772 save percentage that year. He wasn't, he wasn't great, but he was good. And, but yeah, it obviously hasn't worked out. And I think, uh, you know, a lot of the changes are the big thing. And it's interesting, you know, we talk about like, obviously, you know, so many changes and so many adjustments they have to make. And you look at San Diego, and to me, the surprise was they didn't make more adjustments to the defense because that had been where statistically they needed the help. And they've had, they had a stretch in that three years of five first round draft picks that they all, they spent all of them on offense, every single yeah. one. And it was like, wow. And then, I mean, this year they got Patrick Schumann, who I think has been better than, than better more quickly than I would have expected. But they have, I, I give a lot of credit. I just didn't want to get this in credit there to, like you said, the team and to Patrick Merrill and the D coach, Bill Greer, for having the patience and believing that that group was going to get better. Because I certainly was looking at it saying, boy, you might want to spend some more resources on your defense. And they just trusted the process. And so far, so good. But yeah, Saskatchewan, a lot of the, you know, the D, I don't think they've been that far off, right? Like they're close. Yeah. Um, yeah it right, just feels they, like in the past they found a way to win. And now they're trying to, it's like they have to learn that. Again. Finding, finding a way to lose. Now, I also think it's always tough going from almost a legendary coach to the assistant coaches. Uh, you know, like so, so you're going from, because, and, and Sometimes it's better to blow it right up and bring somebody else in because I think it's a tough adjustment for assistant coaches go from from the the good cop to the to the bad cop. You know th those guys. So and I and I I'm not suggesting that Jeff McComb should be fired or anything. I, I hope you know I hope he turns it around. But it is a tough thing to do. And and you know and I remember I don't know if you remember Stamper. I think it was 2004 when, when Les Bartley had to leave the Toronto Rock because of his, his health. And uh, Derek Keenan and Eddie Como became co-coaches. They were fired six games into the season with a record of two and four. And, and so I, I did read somewhere where somebody says, yeah, it's too early. You can't fire a guy at two and six. It's too early. It's not fair. And I thought, yeah, it's not always fair. Cause, and Keenan and Como know that because – they got fired, and I, I know they felt that they didn't have a chance to turn things around yet. But yeah, yeah sometimes it happens in, in you know the pro sports business. 
And I'll tell you, I have a sense from talking to some folks that if they had lost that game to Colorado and dropped, fallen to two and seven, there might have been some changes. I don't know about Jeff McComb. I think, I mean, he's been with Derek King for a long time. I think they have a lot oh, of yeah. in him. Yeah, but I think, you know, they've got a lot of impending free agents. The trade deadline's in a couple of weeks. We'll get to that in a while. But, um, you know, do you start moving some of those guys? I mean, you've got Kyle Rubish and Chris Corbeil and Jeff Shatler, uh, you know. Yeah, you know what? Because he's retiring. Yeah, yeah. Like, like why wouldn't you? I, I guess it, it, it's in a tough situation. I, I'm not even sure who they're playing this week. Are they playing the Panthers this weekend? I, uh, yeah, I but think so. I can, it, I can pull yeah, it might depend on you know what happens in the next two weeks because they still have a very good chance of making the playoffs. Um, and and you know one of the reasons I ranked them number one is I just was not that impressed with the West. I I didn't mm-hmm. think San Diego would be as good as they have been. Obviously, I didn't think Colorado would be as as good as their record shows. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, in Vancouver, like until they can do it for a season. Um, and they have to show it to me. I, I'm not a true believer, even though they've they've surprised me a couple of times this year. But you know, until I I see them in a playoff spot at the end of the year, I'm not sold on them. And you know, yeah, uh, you know, so I'm not sure about that. Yeah, I felt the same way. Like that's why I I, I think we all thought Buffalo was going to be the best team looking at it on paper. Yeah. But I think we all listed Saskatchewan first because the East is. Is just a, a juggernaut. The East is so much tougher, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'm just looking at the schedule. Yeah, Saskatchewan does pay, play at yeah. Panther City this weekend. So that that's, and then same that has to be a win for them. Yeah. On the same yeah. – or next week, okay. Yeah, yeah. The following week, tough. yeah. So. yeah. So, so we've looked at some surprises. Some of the things that we expected that I think are going the way they are would be the East being so tough. Um, yes, you know, yes. battling for those playoff spots. So four teams in the eight team East guaranteed to get into the playoffs, which right now would be obviously Buffalo and Halifax at eight and one and seven and one Toronto at six and four pretty solid right now. And then Albany and Philadelphia are tied at five and six. George is at four and six Rochester, who has been very up and down, but they're at three and six. They're not out of it for those four spots. And of course, if the fifth place team has a higher, a better record than the fourth place team in the West, they go in as well. And that right now is the case, but that middle of the pack in the East. Wow. Oh yeah. And yeah. You know what? It's, it's, you know, I don't think, well, I know neither of us are surprised that Buffalo has been as good as they have been. Uh, I, I don't think any of us are surprised that Halifax is uh, fighting near the top spot. This year. I'm kind of surprised because I don't, I don't think they've played that great from, you know, what I've watched. They just win. You know, they just, yeah. you know, Cody Jamison, you know, has not been his dominant self. I mean, he's been in the league forever, but, he, but you know, they, they've had some games where different players have, have stepped up to be the stars. But really, when I, when I think of all the games I've watched them play, they've never overly impressed me except they always seem to find a way to win at the end of the game. Yeah. Uh, whereas Buffalo just looks dominant. They just yeah. look so deep. But yeah. uh, anyhow, get get to your point about, you know, the middle of the pack with Toronto, Albany, Philadelphia. And who knows if you know, Georgia's won one loss one. If all of a sudden they won three in a row, then they're in the thick of things too. So that mm-hmm. that could be a dogfight. I, 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 I guess another slight surprise for me has been Albany. You know, because you know that franchise lost Callum Crawford. You know, their their 
best scorer over the last few years. So I thought they would drop, and at the beginning of the year, it looked like it. But they've they've impressed me with a few wins, especially that one in uh, San Diego this weekend that that yep. you picked. I didn't. Thank you. Thank you. I didn't see that one coming. I was looking at their schedule, and I thought <laughs> they're going to drop like a stone in, in in the lake because they they played Toronto, they played Buffalo. They were going to San Diego, and I think they've got uh, Buffalo and Halifax coming up. So they've in a real tough spell right now, and yeah. and winning that one was absolutely huge in San Diego. It's funny because for me, I have Albany listed as one of the things kind of going the way I expected, which was I thought they're going to take a while to get all together, you know, without Callum Crawford, see if Doug Jamison can come back and have you know play similar to how he did in his goalie of the year season last yep. year i thought it would take them a bit and it has the defense i figured would carry him through it has i think uh, but, i, I didn't but, see joe resiteris scoring uh, the way yeah. he has been if only rochester wasn't in the league uh, albany would be doing much oh, better right <laughs> they, they rochester owns them, them. <laughs> oh yeah they, i mean not just losing to like that one game they were dominated yeah. it was just uh, what they went, they lost about 16 to 7 16, or something. 7 wasn't it the first one? Yeah. Oh my god, yeah, it was like yeah. crazy. So, so, so that's kind of funny. They have their number, but yeah, they played everybody else tough. Um, and, and when their defense is on, I mean, that's got to be their thing. They got to play a defensive game, they don't want to go into uh scoring binges, but uh, uh, yeah, when they're on and Doug Jamison is on, he uh, yeah, he is still very good. I think one factor to watch for, for everybody um, down the stretch is because one maybe surprise for me is I thought perhaps there would be more injuries early in the season because it's been so long since guys played and usually you come back after a big, after a big layoff. Now, I'm sure teams kind of ramped up carefully and really obviously did it very well because we haven't seen tons and tons of injuries, but uh, the one thing I know from talking to some coaches is that they are banged up and a lot of little things like not, you know, not ACL oh, yeah. tears and some of the stuff, but just little, little, uh, you know, some connective tissues and soft tissue stuff that, that is pretty typical of coming back off a layoff. And then, you know, especially when you get into a bunch of games in a row, if you have back-to-back weekends and, and things, I know teams are feeling it and you throw in guys having to be forced into play um, with all the COVID missing players missing for COVID and some of your top end guys are playing more minutes and more high quality yeah, minutes. Yeah. And I, I think there could be a bit of a war of attrition down the stretch. I hope not. I hope everyone stays healthy, but I think guys are really going to be the, the training staffs are going to be earning their keep down the stretch. Yeah. 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 And, and it's, I, I mean, I wasn't thinking that at all. I was, I thought there was lots of injuries, but you know, a lot of it was COVID. I mean, it was like yeah. every week there was guys missing, but then, you know, then there was a few injuries within there as well. But, you know, I, I'm wondering if, you know, some of the breaks, they, you know, some of them got good long breaks because the games canceled or postponed and that kind of thing. But yeah, that will be interesting to see going down the stretch. Yeah. My other one, switching back to the West division, the other one that I had notes on for going kind of how I expected is Calgary, because we all had them, I think, in our predictions, kind of in the middle or slightly upper. And I really thought, I think I had them lower than other folks. because I was just looking, there's so much change. And to me, they were similar. I had the similar view as I did of Albany, that they went through a lot of change, big shifts. It's going to take them a while to get going. And obviously, 
you know, that was exacerbated. Their their chemistry, their gelling was exacerbated by they had six weeks between games, didn't they? Or five weeks. Oh yeah. I mean I mean they're not the only there were two or three teams. I think Rochester yeah. had the same thing. They went, yeah, went uh uh, yeah, about six weeks in between games, and that that's huge. And I do think, I, I guess a bit of a surprise for me in terms of that, because I thought same thing. I thought, you know, because I, I love Miloski as a coach, mm-hmm. and I think he also plays the uh, the uh, nobody believes in us card really well. He really, Absolutely. I think he, he does a great job of that and rallying the boys together and, and nobody's giving us a chance. But uh, I, I don't think Del, Bia- Del Bianco has not had the season I expected. Uh, you know, I yeah. think a, a few times, uh, you know, that I was just unimpressed by him. And, and I'm a big fan. I'm a, I'm a real yeah. big fan. I thought he was great in that championship. And, uh, you know, obviously in his junior career, which I know is a lot different, but stepping into the pros, you know, winning the championship and being the guy. And I, and I really think he outplayed Matt Vince in that championship series. You know, Matt Vince, probably the best goalie of all time. Uh, but but this year, yeah, and when I've watched him, you know, I, I think I saw him play in Colorado a few weeks ago, and he just didn't look sharp at all. Was letting in shots that I just didn't expect, and I and I, I expect spectacular from him. But I think he's been average, and he, and he'd probably agree that he has not uh, played up to his own standard. For sure, I I think he I agree. I think he's one of the best in the game. I think he will be one of the best in the game for maybe another 15 years. Right. But he yeah. hasn't been one of the better goalies this year. Um, no, no, for sure. He's like, when we talk about our awards picks and we talk about, you know, we're going to say who we voted for in the Island or midseason awards. And we'll talk about our other candidates, like who some of the other strong contenders were. And I doubt that he's going to be mentioned. I, I don't think no, he's I agree. among that group this year, which is strange because we know how good he is. Yeah, but, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, other surprises or things that have kind of caught you off guard this season? Uh, uh, let me see, Santa. Well, at Colorado, you know, mm-hmm. they, that they were playing as well as they were for a while. I know they've lost a, a couple more now, but mm-hmm. I just, you know, I just didn't see it with them. I, th- I just, I just thought you know, they are not that good. They have a great goaltender, Dylan Ward, and he's had a few bumps along the way too. He's, he's played great along the way, but he's had a couple of bad games, but uh, I just, so I guess I would have to say uh, Ryan Lee is a bit of a surprise that uh, I, I know he's a good player. I know he's, he's stepped up internationally for Canada. It looks like he's going to be a great player for them. So, but I didn't expect him to be as, dominant as he's been uh so that's a bit of a surprise and i mean uh yeah. but it's also a surprise that they've done as well as they they, they have i had brian lee on the cross link a couple of weeks a few weeks ago and uh, had him and dane smith and they were the leading point per game players in the league other than i think jeff teat who had only played at that Teet, point Teet, games. i think teat is now yeah oh my goodness yeah 7.1 or 7.2 points a game, but, uh, you know, and they're, they're keeping it going. And Ryan Lee, to me, like he was a guy that I, and I said to him, like, look, I, I watched you in junior. I saw you when, when you were traded from the beaches to six nations for that mental cup run. And, you know, you were, you were good. You played well, but you weren't a guy that they keyed on. They had Brendan Bomberry and Austin Stotts. And I mean, they brought in James Ray. They had a ton of guys, right. A lot of, and they brought him in and he just kind of played a role. And then, 
he was drafted a bit later than a lot of guys. And, and even where he was drafted, some people thought, oh, that seems a bit high for him. But so he came in, yeah. I said, have you had a bit of a chip on your shoulder about that? And he's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like, okay. Yeah. He was like, no, I mean, I think I'm a good player. And he said, you know, it is what it is. He did. He got it. He understood the role that he was playing at places, but he believed in himself and Colorado believed in him. And he's been amazing. I think he's been incredible this year. Some of those, some of the plays he's made, like what hands and, and yeah, yeah, no, he's, he's, he's fun to watch. No, I, I never, I mean, he's playing like a superstar now and, and yeah. I'm not even sure if I thought he was a star a few years ago. I think I really did first notice how good he was. And, and, and I think it was like team Canada and there's feel across having some trust, but the he's, you know, the... yeah, going with the best in the world. I, he was the best guy. He was the best guy for Canada in those games. And I, and I just thought, where did that come from? And, uh, and yeah, he's continued it. Yeah. The, uh, it's, it's amazing when you see guys get opportunities and the other guy, while we're talking about Colorado, you look at Connor Robinson, who was a fifth overall pick by Saskatchewan and just never really got a chance on the other oh, side right. or on the left side, never really got a chance in Saskatchewan. And I'm not blaming Saskatchewan because he, he got they, in a they bit pretty deep. too much. Yeah. They were very deep. You know, you've, you had Matthews and Keenan and Shatler and it's hard to get in there. And, uh, they traded him and I was kind of amazed that they got a first round pick for him when he'd scored like 11 points in his career with them or eight points or something. And uh, he's been spectacular for, for yeah, yeah. He, he's, I mean, he's had some really big games. He's been fun to watch too. Yeah. Well, I think we should dive into the awards. Okay. And uh, cause this is always fun. It's always controversial. And I think there'll be, you know, plenty of disagreement. We'll, we'll start with the MVP. And for me, it's not going to be much of a trip from where we, we just were in the conversation. But uh, I'll let I'll let uh, maybe I'll go first because okay, we're just yeah, we were just talking about Ryan Lee. And he's my guy. He is to me. I mean, there's so many good players this year. There are easily seven or eight guys you could make an argument for this season. Yeah, um, I do. I do tend to think I, I'm not one of the guys like oh, it's the best player on the best team. That to me is crazy it's got you got to open it up more than that but it should be a team like i i look at lyle thompson joe versus Terrence. they've been great i mean they've both been amazing yeah. both teams are below 500 i don't know that that's where you go for the mvp but i feel like lee has done more for his team than anyone um i don't know if another if another team has a player who's as important even notwithstanding how great dylan ward has been i just don't feel like the rest of that colorado offense other than um other than Lee and Connor Robinson have really contributed the way you would expect for a team that's doing that well. Yeah. And I mean, and I'm just looking at his points right now, 60 points, you know, next closest guy, 39. So that's, yeah. that's a, a big, a big drop. And, and I agree with as much as I think Dylan Ward is generally the MVP of this team every year. I don't think he has been this year. He's been MVP for some games, but then there have been some games uh, that he has not been good. I, you know, he was, I can't even remember who they played and he got pulled, pulled early, wasn't playing well. So he has not been uh, the MVP of this team. I think, yeah, you got to go with Ryan Lee is definitely the MVP. And, you know, I think that's a pretty good argument you're making uh, because, you know, I do tend to go, I don't say he'll have to be the best team, but I tend to believe the MVP has to be on a good team. 
And, and, you know, that might be the reason why I think a guy like Jeff Teat won't win this year unless their fortunes change a bit or unless he's so dominantly uh, great on that team. Uh, because I think you have to have a good record. You have to, you, you can't just put up points. You have to be helping your team win. And yeah. And I think Ryan Lee has done that. Uh, so I'm not going to dish. Yeah. I think that's a good argument. I, I, you know, I went differently here because um, I looked at Buffalo and, and, you know, as good as they are, you know, you could maybe make an argument for Dane Smith, but I, I don't think he, he's been great, but, so is Josh Burns. So is uh, Matt Vince. There's just so many guys who have been outstanding, you know, on the back end defensive end. They just look so deep that it's not, I don't think anyone would say Dane Smith is carrying the, uh, the Buffalo Bandits. You might say Ryan Lee has been carrying uh, uh, Colorado, at least offensively. Um, and, and, and why anyhow, I'll go tell you where I went. I, I went, uh, and I mentioned this before, I, I haven't been overly impressed with Halifax, but they just win, win, win. And and when I look who's been their best player, I I had to think it, it's Warren Hill. He has been the difference. Uh, he has been the reason that they're 7-1. Like, that's an outstanding record to be halfway through the season, or, or almost halfway through the season, and they're, they've only had one loss. And really, like, can you name a guy who's been dominant for Halifax on that squad, like even Hasek, uh has not been uh, dominant out there. I think. Yeah. Would you agree with that? I would. I think. I, I mean, I, I love Graham Hossack as a player. I still think he's. You know, if you're picking, him, oh yeah, you're still picking him. But I don't think he's been the best defender in the league this year, and I'm not sure he's been the best defender on their team. The whole team is playing great team defense. I think Jake Withers may be the the best defender this year. Well, he's well, been, well you know. Amazing. I think, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, it's funny because I, I was looking at, you know, them offensively and, and none of them now, granted, they played fewer games than a lot of teams, right? They've only yeah. played eight games and they've got a number of guys on the team who've only played five, six, seven games, right? But mm-hmm. uh, so, so really, you know, the top scorers, Clark, Clark Peterson with 33 points, which just leads, you know, we never mention it, but I think Clark Peterson is maybe the most underrated player in the NLL. I mean, there, there's a guy who's been underrated his whole career because yeah. he played in Brampton with Jeff Teed. He played in Cornell with Jeff Teed. And, and, you know, this guy just has always put up great numbers, has always been a great yeah. player. And uh, nobody ever really talks about him. But yeah. He played in anyhow, Brampton that's... with Jeff Teed and Tyson Gibson. Oh, Gibson too. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, and, so, I mean, it was a great yeah. triumvirate, but he was the third guy in that group, yeah. right? Because Gibson was a year or two older. So, yeah. But, no, I think Peterson's been great. He was one guy I looked at and thought, wow, like, he has been probably, and I think I mentioned it in my three stars last week or the week before, where he's been the most consistent threat for them. Uh, but it's yeah. a different guy every night. Uh, Stephen Keogh's yeah, been yeah. great the last two weeks, right? Um, you know, the left Shanks has had, Shanks has had a couple of big games. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it, it's... Yeah. It's yeah, it's different guys yeah. every night for the them. The so. were so quiet, right, for a while, and then you know Jameson had a pretty good game. Steph LeBlanc's had a couple of good games. Uh, yeah, Panella scored some big goals, and and, yeah. and but yeah, there's nobody on the offense where you could say, oh man, this guy is their MVP. Uh, yeah. I, I, at least that's the way I feel. And yet, you know, it, this team has got the second best record in the NLL, 
uh, where do you give the credit? And and I chose to give it to Warren Hill because I think, you know, he's among the leaders of the goaltenders. But and I I think sometimes when their offense has just not been clicking, he's been the difference. He's been the guy that's made it easy for them to win with well with only ten goals. You know, the other, even the yeah. other day, ten eight. Yeah, I think it was, it was such eight. a difference. We we yeah because we talk about. Um, you know, you talk and look at the different teams. You talk about like Jeff Teat and Callum Crawford being so good in New York. And I think Teat, obviously, with just the numbers he's putting up, you'd have to think about him for this. But they've been giving up 13.7 goals a game. And Stephen Orleman's been good for them as a, as a rookie goalie, as a new goalie. But, but it's not the same as having Warren Hill and that defense out there. And teams come in knowing, man, we'd better not give up we better not give up 10 goals because we probably won't win if we do. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, you're right. And, and, and I do think like Teets, you know, he could be depending on, on where he goes the rest of the year, he could be Mm -hmm. one of those players that, that is the exception. You know, if he's on pace to, yeah, he's on pace to win this, the scoring title. He's, he'll probably shatter the rookie scoring record. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, and, and there comes a point where you think, man, you got to give this guy more than just rookie of the year if he can, you know, do everything that he looks like he can do. And I don't even think he's got super hot. I mean, and I, I guess that's one <laughs> of the things. Which is crazy to say, right? Yeah, he's you know, like over seven points a game. Yeah, exactly. And he just seems like, oh, yeah, he wasn't that great. He didn't get 11 today. Like, he just yeah. had seven, you know, like so. But that's, you know, kind of what you expect with him. But yeah, uh, yeah so it'll had, be interesting. Yeah, he had seven points, including four goals, and he absolutely drilled three crossbars. That yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 I was, yeah. He, you're right. He could have had eleven. <laughs> he really could have. Um, any other other contenders you think about? I think Thompson and Resiteris. I mentioned already. Um, I had Warren Hill on my list. Uh, a couple of Calgary guys. I think they played so well, but again, a team that's three and six. I wouldn't vote for them, but yeah, I think Zach well, Carrier and Jesse King. You know, I think I think you got to consider Schreiber on the Rock. Um, yeah, you know he's 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 another guy who's missed a couple of games because of uh, I think COVID, and then uh, he was having a ba- his wife was having a baby. Mm-hmm. But if he had played a full season and kept up that scoring pace, he'd be uh, he'd be making a shot at the the most goals first. Yeah, I think when I, I looked, he was mm-hmm. out of pace for over 70 goals if he had played every game. Right. So and he's still leading the I mean, goals. Even yeah, exactly. Games, so. Yeah. So, so he's been great for the Toronto rock. He's been just consistently putting the ball in the net. So he's somebody that, that, you know, you have to consider as well. I think. I'm going to throw one more name in there, a dark, dark horse, long shot, but a guy that I think has been so critical to his team. And that's Jordan McIntosh for Georgia. He has played so well all over the floor and, uh, and just really, I think is the difference between them losing a lot of games and still being kind of right in the, in the hunt. Yeah, no, no. And I, and I, I would agree with that, but you know, when it comes to winning the league MVP award, I, I just, I, I think you just have to be one of the top teams. And, and then I may make a liar on myself if, if I end up voting for Tina at the end of the year. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 All right. We are going to move on. And as we move on, we will jump to transition player of the year. And I think we're going to disagree here again, Shani. And uh, 
I think you're wrong, but why don't you go ahead and <laughs> I, I picked the player. I picked uh Challen Rogers, the same guy that I picked preseason. And I, I know you're gonna pick, you're gonna pick Jordan McIntosh. Uh am I correct? No. No, okay, okay. No. Uh, I'll get there in a sec. <laughs> let me go. I, I pick not just because of the points, uh, because I mean I think Challen Rogers, I, I think he's 10 goals, 10 assists, something like that when I when I looked. But it's just the way he just effortlessly moves the ball out of his end time and time again. He just he scoops up the loose balls and, and has got so, such good speed and size that it's just there's never any sense of panic when, you know, he's getting the ball out of his end. And then and then he can stick on offense if, if needed, run run the power play if needed. I uh now I will admit that uh, I'm, I'm just I'm gonna try to look at the transition guys. Just throw me some names out there. Tell me or right, right away. Why don't you tell me who you've got? Sure, I've got Jack Courier. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I mean, you look at the. I, I think Challenge Rogers is a great player, and he's yeah. played all over the floor. And, and I'm not I'm not questioning that even remotely. But I mean, yeah. he's got like you said, 10, 10 goals, seventeen assists for twenty seven points. Um, he has how many he's got eight cause turnovers and 42 loose balls, which, you know, that's fine. But, yeah. um, to me, Zach Courier, he's got, Zach Courier only has eight points, six of the goals. Some of those goals are spectacular. Um, he has 112 loose balls. He's uh, second in the league to Reed Bowering who has played a, a couple of more games. Um, his per, his per game loose ball average is where is he 14 per game he's average i mean average I, I, I think he's fantastic on loose balls yeah. And, yeah. and but i also and this is not a diss for him mm-hmm. he's on the loose ball team uh i don't think that true challen rogers is so you're going to get more loose ball but that should not be seen as a negative because you're on the right. loose ball team because you're so good for at like i think yeah. zach courier is phenomenal at that and he's a big reason why his team you know wins face-offs because he's out there like and remember seeing him play for uh uh team canada as well he was it was a zach or josh it was zach who played for team it was canada, zach in correct? 2019 in langley yeah yeah and he's just fantastic out there so i i do agree with that i i do think the whole you know and this is a pet peeve of mine not with that career with with face-off guys and loose balls uh, uh, that is totally skewed. Like I, I just ignore okay. it when, whenever they talk about any face-off guy and how many loose balls he has, I just said, well, that shouldn't count. Just but, like, but I want to jump in there. Go ahead. Go and ahead I'm, not, I'm not. I'm just gonna say, and I'm not including career in that. But I will say, okay. it, 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 it's might be the difference between over a hundred loose balls and somebody has forty. So it's not that that you know that that. Uh, Challen Rogers is not good at loose balls, but he's going to get less. Right. If Challen Rogers on a face off team, he might be getting 80. I don't know. Right. That's true. Yep. So the thing, because the funny thing, when Zach Courier was taking faceoffs at the beginning of the year um, and doing fairly well, he won 60%. But because Tyler, uh, Tyler Burton was hurt, he um, he was taking those, but his loose balls have actually picked up since he stopped taking faceoffs. He wasn't yeah. he wasn't getting as many because it was affecting his game and he has exploded since then. Um, no, and, has, and, and, yeah. and I didn't even know he was taking faceoffs till till you just mentioned it right now. I I, I yeah. don't think of Courier as the faceoff guy, 
I, I thought he was getting all those loose balls on the wings, you know, but uh, yeah, he, was. I, I'm just, he didn't even get I'm that just, many when he was taking faceoffs because he'd just pull them out and then everyone yep. would go after them. And I wasn't accusing him of being one of those faceoff yeah. guys getting loose balls, but you know, when I hear, you know, Trevor Baptiste has, you know, so many loose balls or another uh, faceoff guy, I think, well, mm-hmm. they should be out of the equation. Like, just, yeah, I, just I, like, I agree. And, and now they're great face. I'm not taking away value from those guys and how important they are, especially those guys who can do- dominate on it. But I think when we're talking strictly loose balls, that should be different. I don't know if you remember, Sam, there was a time that they credited goalies with loose balls when they were scooping them in their yeah. crease. And I, yeah. I remember one season when the top loose ball guy in the NLL was a goaltender for New York Saints, and it was like, no, 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 ridiculous. not. And and yeah. and they did change it. I'm I'm so glad they did. Yeah. So the interesting and, thing this year, besides the fact that Courier's gotten better at loose balls or gotten more since he stopped taking the faceoffs when Burton came back, is that uh, Courier and Bowering are both ahead of Trevor Baptiste um, in loose balls, even though Baptiste has played more games. He's played 11, Bowering 9, Courier 8, and Bowering's got 113 loose balls, Courier 112, Baptiste 107. So I, I, to me, like that is amazing that these non-basic... No, and, I, and I think he is one of, if not the best loose ball guy in the league. You know, you know you're always going to include Brody Merrill in, yeah. in that argument. Uh, and Bowering, I haven't seen him play. I mean, I've watched portions of Vancouver, but I haven't been able to isolate on him enough. I guess that's the way I should say it, to see how good he is. And I've heard something now I, now I want to because, you know, from what I've read and what I've heard and, and you know, looking at the stats, uh, you know, it sounds like he's a pretty exciting player too. He's my number two for this, for the transition. Oh, okay. He's okay. been amazing. He's scoring. He's, uh, he's you know, causing turnovers he's playing sound defense and he has a vacuum you know on the on the loose balls he's been he's been great he's been he is if i was actually going back to the surprises he's been one for me how fast he's been this good we all knew he was oh, yeah. good right but he is unbelievable so um, and i think i think messenger has been good too from you know what yeah. i've what I've seen, I think he's played well for uh, Saskatchewan because I love the way he can just bowl over players when he yeah. decides to go for a run yeah, and he can go up and I mean, he's played some offensive shifts as well when they've needed him too, which I think is a good sign for a transition guy. And two other guys like that, Jordan McIntosh and Kyle Matisse. Yeah, I know, that's why I thought you were going to say McIntosh because you just had complimented how well he's played. And, and yeah, and, 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 he has. and Matisse, Matisse is good too. And that it's a tough, it's a, you know, honestly, when it, when it comes to the end of the year, uh, you know, and we look, I try to do a little bit more homework to try to figure out because it's a tough, you know, if, unless you're watching carefully and, and you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's a tough one, just like, you know, defensive players sometimes too, you know, I, I don't believe in always just looking at the stats and sometimes it's, it's from just watching guys a lot. Yeah. And obviously I get to see Challen Rogers more than, you know, more than guys on the West coast. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, that was a great they, segue, too late. Danny. Yeah. Oh, that was okay. a great segue to the defender, our mid season defender of the year. And who we have and, and whether, and it's not just numbers. I don't think for either of us, it's just numbers for this. Um, if it was, we'd both be going with Brad Creek, who's leading the league in, in cause turnovers. He's certainly someone I considered, but I'm, I know we both have different guys and uh, uh, we might as well go back and forth. I'm going to go first and say that okay. I found this the hardest category to pick someone. I have had about six guys 
that I just thought it could be any of these guys. They're all so good. I kept looking, I looked at numbers. I thought about, like you said, how is it, who is, when I'm watching them, am I just saying, wow, he is really impacting the game. And I actually, I had Chris Corbeil on the show on the Crosslink um, last week, or is he on this week? I think he's on this week. It's coming out uh, soon <laughs> while uh, we're recording. Um, and uh, I said like, wow, Kyle Rubish has looked really good, like getting back to the way he was. And in the like second half of this half of the season, he said, yeah, but since about the fourth game or fifth game, he's been the old groups. And Rubish is my guy right now for defender of the year because his numbers are good, but he is just, you know, when Rubes was the best and he was like knocking guys over and getting out and playing guys wide, but then getting back to the to the position to position before anything bad happened and you know controlling the ball not scoring a lot but getting the ball cleared like i think he's been yeah. amazing this year yeah well i i'm a big fan of rubish and and yeah. uh and i can't say i've watched him close enough this year uh and, and he's a guy who you can appreciate most when you watch him live because yeah. he's he's just so steady he's a big body he just, he, I love the way he knocks balls loose mm -hmm. and he plays the body, you know, because he's not one of these guys that you think is just a big quick stick guy because of his yeah. size, but he, he does have a great stick and he's great at mm -hmm. knocking those balls loose and picking them up himself. But you know who I went with? I went with the same guy I picked at the beginning of the yeah. year. And I even think Steve Priolo, Priolo, who I pick all the time because I don't think he's, he's never won it. He I think he's, he's always in the running. And I, I don't think he gets enough credit, but I think from what's happened so far this year, I think there, I think there's a lot more people are realizing how good he is. And mm -hmm. and so, you know, a lot of things you say about Rubish, you could say the same things about Priolo, but it's just the calming influence he seems to have on his teammates on the floor. When he's out there, you just feel like things aren't going wrong. He's got it all under control. And and I even love, you know, something as simple as you watch almost every time there's a goal scored, uh, him and uh, Matt Vince have a little discussion. And it just is Matt Vince always likes to give his defenders hell. <laughs> no, no, it's not, no, it's almost it's almost like they're just breaking down the play. Like like yeah. it, it, they just seem so analytical, just like okay, yeah. what happened. It, it, and and I don't know, honestly. I don't know exactly what they're discussing. But it almost seems like, okay, what happened there? What can we do? And and at least that's the way I'm going to imagine it, that they have a little discussion right. on, on, you know, where was the breakdown? What should they do? And and, and even, if, even if, if, if it's not all that, it's just, you know, calming down your goalie. Not that, yeah. you know, Matt Vince. It's just letting him know, hey, I'm here for you. So I, I love everything about his game. And uh, I, I hope this year... Uh, if if they continue to play as well right. as they have, that you know he gets the recognition, but right. he is always he's always in the top five. Yeah, and I was largely kidding about Vince, but there's some truth to it. He definitely yeah. will let his <laughs> defenders know if he didn't like what they did or where they were. Hey, all all great goalies. I I, yeah. I had a discussion with, uh, and I know we'll probably go to goalies next, uh, with you know my brother with the Leafs and and you know talking about goalies and. You know, all great goalies can sometimes get nasty. Like, you know, he, ne my brother never played with Patrick Waugh, but we all know that, you know, Patrick Waugh <laughs> was very uh, strong, opinionated. You know, it, I think, uh, you know, Martin Brodeur 
somebody once told me that there was never a goal scored on him that was his fault. It was always somebody <laughs> else. But you sometimes that's what makes you know that's what makes some goalies great is that they believe so strongly in themselves. It's always somebody else's fault because they have that confidence and they don't get down on themselves. And yeah. uh, so so you know. We, we always we always said you know uh, you would always put up with the goalies idiosyncrasies right? a good goalie <laughs> could have idiosyncrasies could have his little fits could have his little tantrum and we're not saying that Vince does but no. you know I played with goalies that you know whatever you you said well, no, that's already he's a goalie yes. you know and children not playing well anymore when oh exactly hill, yeah he's a jerk right? yeah <laughs> if a goalie turns bad and all of a sudden you're saying oh that guy's He's an ass, but but yeah, yeah. when they point when I say no, he's a goalie. He's a goalie. <laughs> yeah. Um, for the record, I Priolo was the other guy. I was waffling between Rubish and Priolo and Mike Messenger were kind of my three. Um, oh yeah. I, I, and it's so hard that this was for me the hardest one. I think Messenger, like you say, he's just bowling people over. He is taking a lot of faceoffs and doing okay at them. Uh, but Priolo, yeah. I, I definitely you know if you talk to coaches and and opponents forwards on other teams and say who is the hardest guy to play against a lot of them are going to say Priolo. oh yeah and to me that's a big endorsement for him to finally get a defender of the year so, yeah yeah anybody else yeah, in no. your uh in your candidates list like anybody else that you're like oh that'd, that'd be a good candidate uh no just Priolo. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I'll throw a couple in. Um, I think Mitch DeSnoo has been really good for Toronto. I, I had yeah. people who, when they traded for him, I was like, wow, that's a great pickup. He's the best guy in that trade. They were, and people were like, it's pretty good. Like, no, no, just wait. And I, I think he's been great. And uh, I think, uh, and Cree, we did mention Bradley Cree. He's yeah, yeah, yeah. He I also think, well. yeah, Chad Tutton, I think has been outstanding for Georgia. Um, really stepping up. And I'll tell you one guy that I think would be in this conversation if he'd been able to play the whole season. He's only played four games, but Adam Bomberry for Albany has been, and they have such a good team defensive approach, yeah. and oh, he still do. has stood out in the games that he's been in. He has been sensational. Oh, that's good. Yeah. No, no, I honestly, uh, I, I haven't watched that closely enough to, to, you know, to notice all those guys you've mentioned. I've watched almost every Buffalo game. But, uh, but yeah, you know, I could, I could understand uh, the sentiment with Albany too. Cause I think when they're on their defensive game, I mean, what do they hold Saskatchewan to like four goals or five goals, something yeah, like that. That's ridiculous. Five, I think, yeah. Crazy. Yeah. But you're not wrong about Priolo just cause you've seen him more. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He has been that good. Um, we are going to move to goalie. I am Steven Stamp and I'm joined by Brian Shanahan talking about the year so far in the NLL, and we have hit the halfway point. It was actually just um, this past weekend was the midpoint of the season in terms of number of games. So that's why we're doing this review, and we're going to goalie. And Shani, you're up, and I think I know. Well, no, I, mean, I might think, surprise you. You would think. I think you would you're, think it'd be Warren Hill. He's your MVP. Yeah, yeah. You know, you would think he he would be, uh, but he is my MVP on that team. Uh, so I think he's been the most valuable player on Halifax, but I think Matt Vince has been the best goalie in the NLL. I think consistently game in game out, he's not played a bad game, you know, in his, well, you know, maybe that 18, 17 game, there was a lot of goals, but I don't think they were, you could hang them on him. Uh, uh, but I, I would put other guys 
in there as well. But I, you know, I think Warren Hill has played well. Uh, so, so he'd be in the air. Doug, Dougie Jameson uh, has played well. Frank Shiliano has played well. But then again, I, I said maybe I'm not giving Shiliano enough credit because I think it's been the team because you know yeah. they did it with and without him. But I, I think, um, and and why I would I'm go with the best goaltender as uh, for Matt Vince as I just think he's the backbone of that team. They know he's always there. You know, as good as they are offensively, you know, as good as their defense, they just know that they've got him back there, that the confidence that he gives the team that he's just so steady and, you know, so yeah. good. So uh, I'm, I'm going with him, but I do, you know, you got to give a nod to some of the other guys. Dylan Ward, I think, has been great at times, but I don't think uh, I, there's, there's no way I'd pick him as the best goaltender for the halfway point. I mean, he was outstanding on the weekend in that loss, you know, to Saskatchewan, but you know, there's been at least one or two games where, you know, I think, Oh, that, that they're not winning because of Dylan Ward there. You know, there's been some games where, whereas in previous seasons, I thought all their wins were pretty much because they had him in net. So <laughs> that, that's why I'm going doubt, doubt myself. Now, is that who you picked, I, I, Dylan Ward? That is who I picked. And I think Matt Vince is a great pick. I think it's interesting. A lot of guys have played well, and stretches especially. You mentioned yep. a handful of guys. I honestly think there's there's only four guys that you can actually consider as the top four so far this season. Um, with a nod to Eric Penny having played two great games, but just two games. So I yep. want to wait and see. You know, he's, He does have a great save percentage. He's been really good in those games. But for regular goalies, I think Vince has been fantastic. He's always fantastic. Um, I went with Dylan Ward because I think he got almost like the MVP criterion where he's just made so much difference to his team. Like, and yeah. yeah, he had a couple of bad games. He, he honestly, he'll have a couple of stinkers every year. Most goalies will. Um, yeah. I mean, there was the one, like you said, where he got pulled. It was against Vancouver, right? He gave up. Didn't he give up the seven goals in five minutes or something? <laughs> like, I think so. That's seven, right. Yeah. That's Carlson came in and they yeah. came back to, to win the game. That's right. Yeah. And they won by a fair bit, like not just by a goal or two, I think. But but I think he's just been amazing. He does have the best save percentage in the league at 826. Um, and I, I just feel like he has done so much for that team. And I think maybe it's recency bias because the last two weeks, I mean, two weeks ago, he, uh, he faced a ton of shots. He faced, he made more saves, seven more saves than his mammoth teammates got on Saskatchewan and Colorado still won the game. And then they go oh back the gosh. next week and Saskatchewan took 72 shots on goal. I know that's phenomenal. 62 of them. And they got to overtime. He was, he was incredible and made it look kind of routine. He just no, and, and, and you're right. And, 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 and I think I said it in my uh, article on the weekend, he's the only reason that game went to overtime because uh, yeah. uh, the rush should have easily won that game. And, yeah. and even though I, I totally agree with you, Eric, Eric Penny's not in the running at all. I just haven't played yeah. enough. But but I, I will say Eric Penny was outstanding in overtime in that oh. game. And, oh, my goodness. And, you know, good good for with him. A big, a big assist to Mark Matthews, racing back on that Joey Capito breakaway and, and impacting the shot. Two two Capito breakaways. Yeah, yeah there was crazy. two Capito breakaways at, at OT. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. but no, that, that was exciting. And so I'm interested. So... I, I love Dylan Ward too. Uh, you yep. know, I picked Matt Vince. Who you say there's only about four guys in the running. Who yeah. are the two other guys in the running? The other one is is Warren Hill for sure. Yeah, he's yep. been great and made such a difference for them. I think they've won games 
because of him as well. There are games that they, yep. they probably shouldn't have won. And the other guy is Zach Higgins, who his numbers aren't quite as good. He has a, what's he got? 797 save percentage. But when I watch his games, I'm just thinking he is facing so many high quality shots. Like the difficulty of the shots that guy faces must be among the highest in the league. There's guys naked on the crease. There's guys with great angles. And I just, and he's stopping so many shots. I just, I think he's been terrific for them, especially given, I mean, we were calling the game when that ball went through his mask and hit him. And I just thought, how do you come back from that as a goalie and let guys keep firing those balls at you? And he was back like two games later, right? Like, like, yeah, and the next, the next game, game he missed because he had because was COVID, he had COVID. Was it COVID? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, that's right. No, you know what? I, yeah, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of it, and I think he is, uh, you know, one of the reasons why Philly went from, uh, you know, that team in their first year back where they lost a bunch of close games to, you know, a, a 500 team now because he gives yeah. them a chance to win every game. Yeah, I think so, and and I think. They've got some good defenders. They do some good things, but I think they're still coalescing as a team defense. And I think he's giving them a, a margin for error that is allowing them to, to be more successful than they would be with a, an average goalie. Yeah. No, I, I can't disagree with your top four. Okay. So our final category is a bit of a slam dunk. Um, I'll let you go first, even though it's, I think we're oh, yeah. fourth, so, so, yeah, so rookie, of the year. rookie of the year. Yeah, yeah. T. T. Yeah. But you know what? Like, I mean, I, I I've spoke a lot about T. I mean, he makes it look effortless. And yeah. but I I would like to use this opportunity to talk about how many good rookies there are. Like, it is ridiculous. Like, well, you and I. I mean, I know you've seen Patrick Dodds many times, but mm-hmm. you know, we saw him playing uh, in the World Junior Tournament in the summer. Yeah. I wasn't overly impressed. Now, now yeah. I'm beginning to think, okay, well, maybe that was the team he was on because uh, Team Ontario uh, or, or the East Team East, Canada, was, East. Yeah. Canada East was a lot more dominant than Canada West, the team that uh, Patrick Dodds was on. And, and Dodds probably came in with uh, a lot more fanfare than anybody on Canada West. Would you agree with that? And, and he played well. I'm not saying he played bad, but he just yeah. didn't. It didn't shine the way I would have expected, but what he's done so far this year in the NLL has, has been tremendous. I believe he leads his team in scoring, uh, you know, 38, 38 points. Uh, I, I think he got the, was it the overtime goal or the winning goal the other day? Winning goal. Uh, yeah. Winning was, goal. Uh, four four goals. Four goals. Yeah, that's right. Late in the game. I think he had four goals. Yeah. So I think he's been fantastic for them and, you know, been a leader on a young team. Uh, but obviously, you know, there's more guys than that. Trey Leclerc's stats are great. To Hoken Anico, he just looks like a man who's just fitting in with a great team. And, and I think some of it, you know, Anico, whenever he decides he wants to drive to the net, nobody can stop him. But, it's but, hard to stop him. You know, his numbers might be better on a weaker team. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah, for sure. They don't need him to be the man. He just needs to be one of the guys. So he's been great. And, and you know, he's like I, a seventh just, option there. And by the way, yeah. it's Dehoga. It's Dehoga. Dehoga. No, you're absolutely yeah. right. Don't be afraid to correct me when I get these wrong. Okay. You know, it's, it's funny because, yeah. uh, well, my son is on Buffalo too. So he actually told me that too. He said, well, actually, the right way to pronounce it, Dad. And, and say they get Dehoga. 
Teoka? Teoka. So it's the T is like a D, it's pronounced as a D, Teoka. and the K is pronounced as a G. So it's Dehoga. 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 Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and actually, and the first game I ever called with him in, it was an MSL game in Coburg. And I actually wanted to be sure because I'd heard different things. I was pretty sure I, I went and just hung out by the bench and talked with Rich Kilmore, which is tons of fun anyway, um, and waited for Dehoga to come out of the tunnel and just asked him, hey, want to know how to pronounce your name? He told me, we're good. So uh, well, that's good, yeah. and, and, and and then if we're talking about pronunciations, it's hilarious how many times we've met guys who've said, "Oh, whatever," well, you know, whatever. And generally, never ever ask the head coach how to pronounce the name. The head coaches no. never know. No, they yeah. always get it wrong. Um, One of my favorite and, name stories while we're on yeah. names with the 2012 Man Cup. Langley is playing in Peterborough. I'm calling the games on the streaming. And I want to find out how you pronounce the player whose name is spelled B-I-L-I-C. So I said, I want to talk to him. Oh, there we go. I said, yeah. go, go find him. So I go and uh, I can't, he's supposed to be at the hotel. He's not there. He's gone out somewhere. So I call him. They give me his number. I call him. I get his voicemail. He says, hey, you've reached Nick Leach. Uh, leave me a message. I'm like, great, Leach. We're good. I'm good to go. It's his, his voicemail. And uh, I'm calling games in the NLL and, and, I hear people saying Billick all the time. So yep. I go down to the bench before the game and I go to Derek Keenan and I say, Hey, oh, don't ask me. It's like, how do you pronounce 79's name? He goes, Billick. I'm like, I yep. don't think so. He says, He calls me. He's like 20 feet away from me. He's like, Blixie, come here. How do you pronounce your name? Nick goes, Billich. And Derek's like, What? <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I almost oh. went through the same thing asking oh. Keenan once and he's talking about Billick. And, and then, you know, already at that point, there you had people arguing about the way to say and and yeah. there was and there was one day i guess we were doing a game in uh saskatchewan i'll try yeah. to say saskatchewan the way the locals are saskatchewan that was nice uh, you really well there yeah usually i don't even try because i'm from toronto <laughs> but anyhow i think you do it just to annoy them <laughs> exactly but anyhow so so uh, they were coming on the road he didn't play the previous night so he was practicing by himself that day so we yeah. we just went up and said you know, how do you say it? And, and, you know, and not only was it, uh, be leech, like, yeah. like with the accent, he said, and the, the best way he explained it to me, but, but again, it was like, Oh, you know, I don't care. Bleach, you know, whatever that's fine. But, but you no, know, I said, I want to know how you, and he says, it's just like the hockey player, Luchich, where you really put the accent on the first syllable. And I thought, Oh, you're right. Cause they're both, um, no, I don't want to get where they're from. Was it Slovenian Serbian. or Serbian? Serbian, yeah. Serbian, and and he I think yeah, the right. Serbian national team. That's that's right. And and uh, yeah, so uh, I and and I remember that night. I remember that night we made sure that it was Beelich, Beelich, and somebody going on Twitter saying oh, they can't even figure out how to say his name. And and I think you, I think you actually came to my defense in Twitter that. Oh yeah, that, that was that was five six years ago. Well, dude, yeah. the funniest thing that night, the the night the Saskatchewan was in Toronto, I'm doing the game with Andy McNamara, and I tell Andy like I just double checked with Nick, it's Beelich, and. Uh, and he's like, okay. So Nick, of course, gets a breakaway two minutes into the game. And Andy pronounces his name correctly. And the National Lacrosse League sends him a message saying, hey, you got that guy's name wrong. wrong. It's Billick. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> no, no, it's not. So the funniest thing I thought was the, the rest of the announcers in the league seemed to go to Billich for a while. I was like, is that like a compromise? I yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Well, honestly, I, I, I would have thought about that and if I didn't hear it from the horse's mouth. And, yeah. and that's why I'll give you... I'll give you credit because usually that's what you do. You go right to the guy 
And and I'll tell you a funny story. I, I know I've said this. I, I probably, I don't know if I've repeated this story on air or not, but it was Steph LeBlanc, his uh, oh, his yeah. uncle. I knew his uncle. He he fixed a lot of sticks, and he was always around the ring. And I said, okay, I, I want to know how to how to pronounce it. It's not, you know, because we've heard we've heard some people butcher his name, right? Yeah. Like Stephon you know, LeBlanc. Oh yeah, and it, it's not yeah. LeBlanc. Like that's the worst. No. But I I said to his uncle, who's French Canadian, I said like. So it's it's Steph LeBlanc or LeBlanc, and he goes LeBlanc, and he said it with such a great French accent. I just said, you know, I'm sorry, but I don't think I could do that, right? But but that's yeah. you know the proper French LeBlanc, yeah. right? And, yeah. and I just thought it, I didn't want it. Was, it would almost sound like I was making fun of his name if I started pronouncing yeah. it like that. Yeah. You know, uh, honestly, it's like the the one other one that still stands out to me is uh, Jacob Rouet because. I, oh, you told me his mother, was it right? his mother that told you it's, yeah. it's, it's Bonnie rat. messaged me one day. I've known Bonnie's a huge volunteer in the sport and just a great lacrosse person. And she messaged me and she says, Stamper, why are, why is everyone saying, oh no, you know what? It was at the, uh, it was after a game in Rochester and we're literally at that bar across the street from the arena, a bunch of people hanging out. And she's like, why does everyone say Rue? I was like, I think, cause that's what we think it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, it's it's Rue. And I was like, oh, Rue. Wow. So I told everybody and, and nobody will do it. Like people just won't do it. Everyone, the league's decided it's Rue and whatever. And because Jacob, like you said, he's like, oh, that's fine. Yeah, I know. I, I hate when guys do that. I sound like, yeah. no, let us pronounce the name, your name the way you yeah. want it. So, yeah. But, uh, but none of these guys are rookies. So we should wrap up with the rookies. I, I, oh, I mean, yes. Uh, no, no. The one, yeah. one more name I want to add to yes. give some credit to, especially because I was just talking with Dan Lanasur. And he has been so impressed with Larson Sundown. He says mm-hmm. that uh, he just loves the way he's played for them this year. Uh, he says he's been, you know, they knew he was good, but he's still been a surprise, pleasant surprise. And 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 he said, you know, he said that, I think he said it was Jimmy Veltman that first said that he reminds him of Kim Squire, his style of game, where he just never stops moving, throwing picks, just bouncing all over the place. And then sooner or later, he's going to find himself wide open, you know? So I thought that's, that's great. That's a great comparison because I remember uh, Kim Squire in his prime. It was, was so fun to watch. It just was, it was like a mosquito out there just bouncing back and forth. I was just thinking about Kim Squire the other day or the other week because Jesse King made that save on the empty net. And it reminded me, Kim Squire made one like that in Sealax. He came back after he'd been retired for a while and played in Sealax, and he was still so good. And he made a save like that where he just threw up the stick. And, and oh, I was thinking gosh. about Kim Squire. Oh, what a beauty Kimbo was. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, for the record, I'm on teat too. I, I honestly, before this past weekend, I was thinking, okay, I'm going to go with Bowering right now because he has been fantastic. Yeah, and then you know, I, I did going to happen at the end of the year. Right. Right. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, then T goes out and scores seven, could have had 11. And I was just like, I, I just can't do it. I got to go. It's, it's a great year for rookies. I mean, it, it really is. is. I mean, it's well, a shame that some of these guys are in the same year as T. But it's the double you know, cohort, right? That, yes, you know, with yeah. the few drafts. And the thing, like, we haven't even mentioned, you mentioned a bunch of great guys, but I mean, Ryan Smith, who has 13 yep, goals. Yep. And, and Ethan Walker's look good. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm just looking down the list and like this. Yeah. So many. Charlie Bertrand has been a real surprise for me and, and outstanding for Rochester. Never played box before this season. And he's been good. He's kind of slowed down a bit, I think, lately, but yep. really good out of the gates. Um, 
Tate Catoni, he's only played, played uh, five games. He's got 16 points and he came out with a bit of a blast. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, so there have been some guys who are doing, I, I, doing well. I just think uh, Bowering has been outstanding. Yeah. Um, uh, you know. And you know what? Uh, uh, Stephen Orman. Uh, yeah. On, uh, you know, yeah. To, to be playing, you know, that, that, you know, he's basically won the number one spot in New York. And, you know, I know it's stats aren't great, but, you know, you're on a team that's, uh, you know, two and seven or whatever they are. Uh, but I, he played a great, great game against uh, Toronto Rock last week. And, and I've watched, uh, you know, a few of his games and I think he's been, he's been good. So just the fact that a rookie can become, you know, the number one goalie on a team. Uh, and, you know, I went into the year also saying, that's that's one of my biggest concerns that New York Riptide is they have no experienced goaltending, oh, and it's sure. still it's still a, a big thing. Uh, but yeah. but I think you got to give a nod to to him for being a yeah. rookie to crack in the lineup and playing well and and uh, you know giving them a chance to win a lot of games and and you know he actually you know he was the best goalie on the floor on the mm. weekend against Toronto Rock. Yeah, and you know there's a bunch of other guys if you go through and and just look at guys who have played well that, you know, wouldn't get necessarily a lot of attention, but I think uh, a Bobby kid in, in Saskatchewan and Connor McClellan has been really good for Saskatchewan. Yeah. Uh, no surprise. I mean, he was a first rounder and yeah, um, yeah. a guy who was not a first rounder who, who has surprised me is Josh Medeiros in Panther city. I think he's been playing well. I talked in my uh, musings uh, this week about how he blocked two shots on one shift. Then, uh, you know, Vancouver gets a reset and a fresh 30 he just he just kind of takes a quick peek says okay let's keep going he just keeps playing and he god that must have hurt what, <laughs> was shots it hurts like hell was he a brampton kid did he play for brampton? yeah brampton junior yeah. a one season yeah, I, brampton I, senior I and then so, in Owen sound because you know what speaking about you know brampton kids because it just just reminded me um when i spoke to uh dan lotter just just recently he mm -hmm. told me that he's been so impressed with andrew borgatti on yeah. uh New York Riptide, another Brampton kid who's another rookie. Brampton kid plays defense. He says, I have no problem putting him on the floor the last minute of any game. He says, this kid has been great. So, so give a nod to him. Cause you don't yeah, always, you know, sure. what generally we notice the guys with the, you know, with the goals, uh, you don't always notice defensive guys. You notice the loose ball, you're looking at the stats, but sometimes, you know, talk to the coach about, you know, that, what they think. And just, and, and I know even as a player, as a defensive player, no, that's what kind of player I was. It was just the biggest compliment you could get from your coach. Wasn't anything he said except for get on the floor, like in the last minute, yeah. you know, of a game, right? That kind of thing is, is, you know, when you get on in the most crucial situations and for a rookie like Mark Borgatti, that's, that's pretty good. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great point. Um, I think that's about it. We've. Uh, oh, that's good. Cause I'm tired now, Sam. I got right. It's almost bedtime, but yeah, uh, <laughs> I think I'll go watch the leaf. Leaf game. I think they're at least see if they're playing lacrosse again, another 10 7 score like on the weekend. <laughs> right. They, they, the last game, there's only 5 3 or something, right? That's so. right. But I mean, on the weekend, there, I think, what was it? Uh, Halifax and Philly, 10 8. Uh, right. Toronto Maple, Toronto Maple Leafs, Detroit, 10 7. <laughs> there you go. It's a toss up. Yeah. The, uh, it's a new kind of over under. We're getting all of it. Yeah, yeah. gambling these days. There's the over under, the hockey game, oh, and exactly. the cross game. Yeah, uh, well, yeah. always, as always, it's great to catch up, great to chat, and I appreciate your insights. And uh, yeah, good luck with the game this weekend, and look forward yeah, to seeing you, you at the rink again soon.
Yes, yes, exactly. No, it's, it'll be fun to be back. It was fun doing that game with you earlier in the year, Stamper, yeah. and uh, you know, I look forward to the next time uh, uh, we get to do a game together again. Sounds, it's always fun. Sounds great to me. I mean, and for folks who wonder, like, this is pretty much what we do anyway when we're, like, driving down to a game or whatever, is talk about this kind of stuff, right? So it's, yeah, yeah. it's pretty similar. This is kind of like being in the car with us as we're exactly. heading somewhere know, or sitting exactly. at dinner when we were in Winnipeg this summer and, or last summer. And Yeah, no, it's, it's a lot of fun. Excellent, Stamper. Thank you very much. And uh, we'll catch up with you later. Well, that will just about wrap things up. I think we got to everything. Uh, Brian Shanahan, thank you so much for being with me. And lacrosse friends, thank you, as always, for being with me here on Lackspeed. I'm Stephen Stamp, your host. We'll be back with plenty more to cover in the world of lacrosse here on Lackspeed. And remember to check out every week a lacrosse link. You can go to the YouTube page, check out lacrosse link, make sure you subscribe, get notified every week when it comes out. And you can also go to Lacrosse Sports Network on Thursday nights at 8 p.m. or the archive trays on the Lacrosse Sports Network channel. Thanks once again, Lacrosse Friends, for being with me here on Laxpeak. Lax Beach. We'll see you next time. <laughs>